What's good? What's good? What's good? This is Real Deal Sports Talk with KP. It's July 24th, 2022. What's good, everybody? What's good? How's your morning doing? How's your week been? Getting ready for the for the week that is to be? I know for me personally, it's a daunting week. You know, my team has been off for the summer. They come back tomorrow morning bright and early. We got to get them guys ready to go. Get this team on point. Go out there and serve the needs of the staff and the students. So we've got a challenging week ahead of me, so I'm glad I got today to talk some sports. I hope you guys have your weeks scheduled out as well. You know what's good. You know what you got to get done. You've got a plan to work on it. All that being said, thanks for joining me. This is Real Deal Sports Talk. It's your boy, KP. We're here each and every week on Sundays. NFL season around the corner, though. Remember, the NFL season hits. We switch things up on the show a little bit. Once the NFL season hits, we're coming at you twice a week. We're going to get those picks in on Wednesday. We're going to talk midweek. We're going to talk on the weekend. So we'll go to a two-show format, excuse me, here in just a couple of weeks because we have preseason football just a couple weeks away. We're less than 50 days out from the, 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 the... um, season opener, regular season opener, excuse me. So it's exciting. I mean, for many of us, this is the time of year we can't get, we can't wait to get back to. It's a lull in sports right now where really all we got going on is baseball, some lower level um, lacrosse, a few college sports. You know, you've got some random little smaller basketball leagues, but all those big things, all those big leagues, all those big college sports that so many of us invest so much time, money, and, you know, our lives into, they're all around the corner. The seasons are getting ready to kick back off. So there's a lot of excitement going on um, around that kind of stuff. I mean, you're seeing it with the alternate designs of the uniforms, right? And for years, as somebody who champions for the Detroit Lions, I have wanted them to have a blackout look. Well, that is so off the top popular now. I don't want to see it anymore. Lions, whatever you do, don't go back to an all-black look. It's it's being played out. I mean, we're seeing all the teams that have either cleared or we're hearing rumors that they're going to be having um, alternate helmets or jerseys or whatever this year. And it's, it's quite the list. We've seen Carolina, Houston, the Jets, the Bengals, the Falcons, the, the Saints, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Giants. And I think the Patriots are even doing their throwback this year, if I'm not mistaken. So that's what, two, four, six, eight, ten teams. And the Jets came out with a a black look. Philadelphia came out with a black look. New Orleans came out with a black look. I mean, I don't want to see it. Detroit's got to figure something else out. If we need to go silver, all silver, I don't know, all blue, I'm not feeling it. Um, An all white look for the Lions. Mm, not really feeling that either. So I don't know what the Lions are going to do if they do anything this season. I doubt it. At this point, you would think they would already be announced 
But I'm off the table with the all black look. I don't want the black helmet. I don't want to do what everybody else is doing this whole time. Your fans have been saying, let's do black. And you did black for one, one, what, one or two seasons. You had that alternate black jersey. Didn't really commit to it, though. It's like, hey, I'm dipping my foot in the water, but I don't want to commit. And we're not going to make this a full look. I know NFL rules kind of got in the way a little bit with all that kind of stuff, right? You can only have one helmet during the season. So completely having an alternate look was near impossible. Um, but the rules aren't that way anymore. So I'm really looking forward to, in the coming years, how the Lions come up with some new look for the team. It doesn't have to be your main uniform. It can totally just be an alternate uniform that's worn once or twice a year. To me, personally, on Thanksgiving, you got to wear the old school throwbacks, the solid silver helmet, the blank blue jersey, the silver pants. Keep it clean. Keep it retro. Right. Keep it vintage. Um, But we'll see. You know, the Houston's look with the red helmet. Uh, Atlanta's with the red helmet. New Orleans black helmet looks really cool. Um, Cincinnati with the all white You know, teams are really going to eat this stuff up. Carolina, in fact, they went all black too. So there's another reason not to do it. The Giants, they're going to do their 80s throwback. New England's going to do their throwback. Dallas is wearing their throwback on Thanksgiving. So fun stuff all around as far as that goes. Adds to the excitement. Fans are out there buying merchandise. We're chomping at the bit. Can't wait for this thing to get going. And for Lions fans, you got hard knocks coming up in just a couple weeks. So get your fill of that as well. What else do we have out there? 76ers. I don't know if this will really come to fruition or not, but the 76ers are looking to build a $1.3 billion stadium to be the new home of the Philadelphia 76ers. And to me, the best part about this is right now it is being reported that it will be privately funded. No fans, no taxpayers are going to as of right now, on July 24th, 2022, have to pay out any money for a new stadium for their team to play it. And I've been saying for years, as these teams continue to make more money, as these leagues continue to make more money, if you want to cash in and you want a fan base to pour out the, their pennies, you want that to happen, you pay for the stadium. Because guess what? You're a billionaire. You're going to go pay $1.3 billion for that stadium, okay? Hefty, hefty price tag, big money, right? Life-altering money. Nobody can deny that. But guess how much you're going to make on that return in of your investment by you being the one to fund that? Because 76ers fans right now are going, oh, man, that's awesome. I love this news. I can't wait to go visit. When that place opens up, I'm going. I'm going to go see concerts there. I'm going to go see uh, 76ers games there. If they bring in the Flyers, I'm going to see the Flyers games there. What else, What do you got? What do you got? You got some fan control football. You got uh, 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 women's football. What do you got? Because I'm going to eat it up. I'm going to the, the, the fan shop. I'm buying gear. I'm buying merchandise. I'm buying stickers. And fans will dive into that pool because they're not paying taxes for the stadium they will appreciate that they will invest in that you'll get more of the casual fans who will be like oh yeah that was really cool let me go check it out i heard this was privately funded i'd love to see what that's like 
So that $1.3 billion investment, guess what? If they ever decide to sell the Sixers for whatever reason, they're going to make, what, $4, $5 billion back? Okay, so I'm still profiting. By the time, if you don't own it, you give it 10 years, you're grossing that money back. Just off the fans appreciating the fact that the billionaire put his money in there and didn't just come to town and try and take theirs. You hear it a lot here in the Denver area. The debate is constant. It's strong with the Walton Group taking over ownership of the Denver Broncos. Is there going to be a new stadium? Are they going to renovate Empower Field in some way? If they do a new stadium... The taxpayers in Denver that I talk to right now, by and large, most of them do not want anything to do with funding a new stadium. And if you're the Waltons, you have the money to make sure your stadium's privately funded. So I would like to see as Denver moves to potentially replace Empower Field, which I don't even think could happen until their naming rights contract that they just signed is up. Because otherwise, what are you doing? You're paying Empower back all the money that they're giving you? You're, you're canceling the contract some way so you can go spend more money? I don't see that. I think they're going to let that contract run its course. And in that time, they're going to find out, okay, where could we potentially put this and what our best avenues for it are. With any luck, this ownership group, with their deep pockets, they do the people of Denver right and they give them this one. You know, I, I know every billionaire is never going to come around to one paying for the stadium or two paying for the stadium every time it needs to come due. But this time around, I'm telling you, you reward Broncos country with a free stadium that is privately funded by the owners. Broncos country will make you that money back. Like, no doubt about it. So the 76ers, privately funded, again, as of today, 724-22, I'm on board with it. I love that kind of stuff. And as again, as a fan, as a champion for many sports, many teams, many players, I would, if I'm slotting out where I'm going to spend money, I'm taking it to that owner who's investing back in me. And you invest back in me, not by putting merchandise on the shelf that I get to buy, You invest back on me by giving me a place to go and observe, to go and see, to go and be entertained by concerts, uh, uh, musicians, athletes. That's invest back in me and fans will invest back in you. That's that's just, in my opinion, fact. And maybe it's an opinional fact. Maybe opinional is not even a word. I don't care. The fact of the matter is, that will play itself out if you ask me. All right, so that's some of the little things out there. That's some of the excitement out there. That's some of the things I like out there. Let's talk about Major League Baseball a little bit. We haven't talked about Major League Baseball all that much this season, but we are halfway through the season, and I decided to add it to the show. We'll take a quick look. We'll see who's winning the divisions. We'll see who's up in the stats. Um... But I decided to talk baseball today for one reason. Not the All-Star break, not the home run derby, um, not litigations that are out there, not the the minor league not being paid enough, not Rob Manfred being out of touch and just trying to protect his product and his owners. Um, 
No, it, it was the Toronto Blue Jays versus the Boston Red Sox just a day or two ago. Haven't watched a lot of baseball this season. You know, I watch the highlights here and there. I stay up on who's winning the divisions. I try and see who the next young talent are that they're going to come up and, and follow them a little bit. Um, All-star break forward. That's really where I start watching baseball. I did get to go to a game already this season. It was great. Rockies won 13-2. And hopefully I'll get out for another game or two this season. But Toronto and Boston. Boston's been making a little bit of a run going into the the all-star break. Gaining ground, if you want to say, in in the AL East against uh, the Yankees, who seemingly have that division put away. It's a 10-plus game lead right now. Um, But Boston had been playing well. They just had a good series against the Yankees. And you're thinking they're going to come out of the all-star break, maybe carry some of that momentum forward. In the last three games, they've given up 55 runs. This is not the Patriots we are talking about here, people. The Patriots have not given up 55 points in the last three games. The Red Sox, the baseball team, in three games, has given up 55 runs. Did you show up? Did you remember what your sport was? Do you remember who you are? What today is? What month is it? Do these guys have concussions? Did something happen to them over the break that we're not aware of? Was there a boat trip to the Bermuda Triangle? Were they all hung over? Have they been doing drugs? I don't know, but 55 runs in three games is unbelievable. And to cap it off, to cap it off, here's the thing. This is how they cap off those three games. They let Toronto inside Fenway Park beat them 28-5. to Baseball, again, let me remind everybody, this is not the Patriots. This is not the Celtics and, and the Raptors in the first quarter. This is the Boston Red Sox of Major League Baseball. Worst loss in the history of the Red Sox. 28-5. And in that, what happens? An inside the park grand slam. Now, everybody loves the long ball. We saw the commercial making rounds again this week on social media of of Tom, of uh, Tommy Maddox, or Tom Glavin and um, Greg Maddox. Uh, Chicks love the long ball commercial from the 90s. Great commercial, iconic commercial. Uh, both of them should have won Emmys for it. The people who produced the commercial should have won Emmys for it. It's a great commercial. If you haven't found it I, or seen it, I highly Suggest you go find the Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, uh, Chicks Dig the Long Ball commercial. So we love the young long, long ball. And the only thing that makes the long ball, the home run, any better is when it's a grand slam. And the only thing that can top that is when it's a walk-off of any kind. Grand slam, single, two-run, three-run home run. The walk-off is the epitome, right? That is the top home run you can get. The walk-off Grand Slam even better. Well, 
I'm changing it. I think the greatest home run that you can get is the inside the park grand slam. Bases are loaded. You hit a skyrocket. Miguel Tapia hits it a mile high. The center fielder, I don't know his name. I didn't care to look it up. Lost it. Couldn't find it in the lights. Didn't play it well. Didn't see it. Couldn't track it. It lands behind him. Bounces off the warning track. Up off of the wall and comes back down. By the time the center fielder is turning around, he appears to think it was a home run that came back out onto the field. So he doesn't even go after the ball. Doesn't move. The left fielder's running like crazy to get over to this ball. Miguel Tapia's got the Rockets on. He's already past second base. He's thinking, I'm going home, baby. And sure enough, without the throw getting to there to even contest the play, Miguel Tapia head first slide like he's on a damn slip and slide in third grade inside the park grand slam. Cut to the manager, Cora, in the, in the, on the bench. He has no clue what the hell has been going on. The look on his face is like, all right, well, we're taking lumps, but I don't know what the hell to do. Like, what the hell was that? I mean, you watch the highlight. The center fielder reacts like that was a home run. Like, I missed it. I lost it. Play over. Meanwhile, in front of him, everybody else has got action going on. Tapia sprinting around the base. You hit a home run. You're not running that fast. You're not trying to beat it out. Tapia thinks it's an out when he hits the ball. He's deflated. He puts his head down. But then the afterburners kicked in and he took off. An embarrassing. Just Yes, you gave up 28. But inside the park, grand slam. Because you lost the ball and then had no effort against who could be the fastest guy in baseball in Miguel Tapia. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And now Toronto's ahead of him um, overall for the wild card race. So a great series for Toronto. They built momentum. They got confidence. Next time they play the Red Sox, they're coming in like, who's your daddy? And the Red Sox are coming in going, okay, forget you guys. You embarrassed us last time. We're trying to knock you off. So the next series between these two teams is going to be something to watch. But man, 55 runs at home in consecutive games. And then 28-5. to You gave up 11 runs in the inning. That's just, I mean, that's why Major League Baseball needs a mercy rule. The Red Sox did not have it. They had, I mean, they needed to go home. Whatever it was, again, Bermuda Triangle on the break, hung over, doing drugs, concussions, forgot their job, weren't motivated. Whatever it was that caused that, (coughs) excuse me, that was embarrassing for everybody, for all of the stakeholders, for all of the players, for everybody who supports that team, that was embarrassing. The WWE has had some embarrassment over the last few weeks. 
They've had embarrassing moments over the last few decades. Um, The WWE is now primed to move in a different direction for the first time in over 40 years. And as we all know, Vince McMahon has been in the headlines recently for hush money payments paid out to different women for... um, Sexual misconduct in the workplace, basically, you know, uh, sleeping with your subordinates, um, giving them better jobs to keep them quiet, uh, paying off other women who had experiences with other members of your organization. So they kept it quiet. And this stuff's coming to a head. No pun intended. Uh, we, we, we know that the investigation is out there. We know the board of directors for the WWE was looking into this. And again, that's where a big change came for this. Uh, when you're not publicly traded, you can kind of run with different rules and trying to get away with shady shit. But when you're publicly traded and you've got a board of directors and these people are looking out for the investors now in your company... Rules change, and you don't get to get away with this when stuff comes to light, and nor should you. So the allegations have come out. We all know about them, you know, the different women, the amounts of money. And now Vince, in the midst of this, at 77 years old, tweeted out his goodbye. Um, he feels he's leaving the company in good hands. He feels at 77, it's the right time. I mean, it's not like he was going to come out and say, hey, guys, here's the thing. Um, this doesn't look good for the company. The company my dad built, the company my grandfather had his hands in, the company my family has been around their entire lives. There's been mistakes made. There's been lives impacted. Uh, the best thing for everybody moving forward is that I now step away from the company. And he is stepping away. It's not just retiring from the CEO. Reportedly, he's also stepping away completely from the creative aspects and all working day-to-day stuff with the company. Now, we all know and have observed this man's ego over the years, um, the type of stuff he has tried to do to influence the audience, uh, even taking it as as far as to propose a storyline where he was going to be the father of his own daughter's baby. So scrupulous morals have not always been the top thing when it comes to the McMahon family. That being said, without Vince McMahon, wrestling does not exist. Sports entertainment does not exist. At least not on the level that it is now. You might still have a bunch of little territories. You might still have a bunch of little organizations that are selling out school gyms and might put a few seats into an arena here and there. But you're not doing mega shows. You're not doing stadium shows. The AEW doesn't exist. Impact doesn't exist. Vince McMahon brought the money to the game. Vince McMahon brought innovation to the game. Like it or not, what he did built this industry, saved this industry, and has made it possible for any other startup, any other company to do what they're doing. His innovation, his hands-on approach, again, like it or not, like him or not, respect him or not, made all of it possible. He took what was basically a dying sport 
and made it relevant in the 80s. Kept it exploded in the 90s. Got revived in the late 90s, early to 2000s because of, you know, WCW actually gaining a little bit of traction. They got mismanaged. They started being looked at as just a money cow and forgot how they got there. And that ultimately hurt their their business, their brand. Relying on old superstars hurt their brand. Buying them out hurt the entire industry for a while. We're now seeing them go back to their TV 14 rating. Well, that makes sense to me. Everything in life is circular, right? They had gotten all the way to, you know, PG 13, TV 14 back in the day. People started thinking, oh, this is too much. Well, guess what? That's because the target audience changed. Those kids who had grown up and and grew up and grew into that TV 14, TV PG 13 rating. Well, now they're older. Now you've got that younger audience. So now your product's not hitting that audience who's going to continue the popularity of your product, right? So you had to readjust. You had to bring it back and go, okay, now we're PG because we have to hit the younger kids. We can't continue to rely on adults to drive this. That's not the target audience of wrestling. Wrestling's target audience is the child buying into the storyline, buying into the soap opera. Okay, we're going to go back to PG-13. Well, now the PG-13 or the PG audience, guess what? That they reverted back to. Now they've grown up a little bit. We've got to continue to carry them because they're our focal point. But real soon, we're going to bring it back to those younger kids again. And you're going to see that TV-14 rating across the industry, in my opinion, swing back around. And that's just part of it to me. You see this pattern throughout the history of the sport where it gets a little bit more risky, then it gets a little more tame, then it gets a little more risky, then it gets a little more tame, and it repeats itself. That's how they continue grabbing the younger audience and growing with them and then grab the audience again and grow with them. So where do we see the change going? Well, we now know Nick Kahn and Stephanie McMahon will be the co-CEOs of the company. Um, We'll see how that relationship goes. We'll see how long the McMahons really have a name or a voice in their family company at this point. But I like Stephanie being in charge. I like Nick Khan being in charge of the business side of things. Get the books right. Let's make sure we're good. Let's explore avenues maybe we haven't explored previously for revenue, for uh, forbidden door type situations possibly could even open here. And I like bringing Triple H back. I'm not one of those who thinks that Triple H did such an amazing job with NXT, but he did far better with NXT than anybody else has to this point. So looking forward to see what changes now come as Vince steps aside, retires, and we hear less about uh, what was going on um, with him and Laronitis in that situation. Um, Bags. We got bags being thrown out this week. Like it or love it. Deserve it or not, you know, everybody got a bag this week. Kyler Murray got a bag this week. Kirby Smart got a bag this week. And we're hearing Charles Barkley might have a new bag this week. Now, when it comes to these three, look, Kirby Smart, 10 years, $112.5 million. I don't like it. Is he a good coach? Did he win the national title? 100%. Sure did. But it shows how much business has taken over the game of college football. Again, I don't like it. That's too much to coach college football. The business, we have doubled and tripled and quadrupled down on the nasty side of sports. 
thus basically completely getting rid of amateur status, unless you want to say Olympic athletes, and even them, they have a ton of sponsorships. So they're making really good money as well. Um, so, I, hell, free market, if somebody's going to pay you, take it. It's not your job to go, no, 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 don't pay me that much. That's too much money. Um, so, hell, I don't blame any of these guys for taking the money they're going to take. Well, except Charles. Uh, but we'll get to that in a second. But Kirby, hell, if George is going to pay you that, if that's the business, you got to take the money. I get that. Does that mean I agree with it or that money should be there? No, I don't. Uh, Kyler Murray, new five-year, $230 million extension, $160 million guaranteed, puts him at 41.6 per, second highest annual average in the NFL. Okay. Um, Lewis Riddick laid it out real good. You know, highly talented. Look at the stats. Individual performance. Great. Individually, he's very athletic. Awesome. What is that translated to? When has he made his team better? Outside of his touchdown celebration, you know, the little Buddha cross-legged meditating, all of his biggest plays are because DeAndre Hopkins did something amazing on the back end. Now you could say, oh, wait, wait, you can't forget his running plays. He's had some spectacular running plays. Okay, cool. Is he any more spectacular than Lamar Jackson? Eye test. Don't go to advanced stats. Don't go to the eye test. No. Lamar Jackson's got an MVP. What's Kyler Murray done? Hot starts. Ice cold finishes. Hasn't made his team better, in my opinion, at all. Benefits from having good players around him. Benefits from the way we talk about the game of football and the position of quarterback. Doesn't finish out his rookie deal before he's looking to throw a fit, take my team off my Instagram, and basically demand a new deal now. And it looks like Arizona had every intention of keeping him long term. But I don't think they were ready to put that money out this year. I think they were hoping to get to the end of the rookie year, have him, you know, be loyal in that aspect so they could also be loyal to him and help put a team around him. So now you've got to perform. If you come out and you don't get any better from this point forward, great. You're just the next chump who reset the market because everybody's fearful of what might happen if we don't pay out. But if you come out and you can put together a full season or a solid season or a season where it looks like you're carrying the team a little bit and you're making them a little better and you start earning that money, okay, cool. I personally don't see Kyler Murray any different than I see Baker Mayfield. And it's not on the hype train. It's just on the eye test. Just watch the film. Put the hype train and everybody who wants to put all their money in the basket of Kyler Murray aside. Put the ESPN and Fox Sports aside. Just turn on some tape. Mute the audio. Watch it. They're basically the exact same player Baker Mayfield couldn't get on a team, couldn't get traded because his previous club wanted to dog him out. Well, Arizona's stuck with you, Kyler. They gave you a bunch of money. So now you have to deliver because this is not an individual sport. Your individual prowess or athleticism or statistics mean crap. 
Like, that's just raw and real. Football is the ultimate team game. You rely on 10 other guys on your side of the ball doing their job correctly for your job to go right. I don't care what position you're at. If you feel like arguing with me on that, feel free. We can have the debate. I'll have you on the show. Anybody. I'm not just talking to Kyler or agents or coaches. Anybody. Football is the ultimate team game. Period. So now it's time for Kyler to help his team get over that midseason slump that has not happened for three years with him at the quarterback position. And then Barkley, the most disappointing of all, um, the comment comes out this week, we've all taken blood money or money from places with questionable sources. Don't like that. Don't like that he's selling out to go make money on the live. I know it sounds like it might be around $60 million. Don't like that he's canceling, possibly going to have to cancel on TNT. That's the best sports show commentating show in all of professional sports gonna break that up because lives throwing cash at you because the saudi prince wants big names like like your animals in his zoo because you can just overlook human rights violations because the bag was big enough charles you were right for many reasons back in the 90s when you said you weren't a role model my friend And if you go through with this, and this is truly your stance, and you're not just pushing back because you're being defensive, you're right. You're not a role model. Not at all. Not unless you're trying to show people how to sell out. All right, so those are the people who got bags, not making achievements, but getting bags. I guess they made achievements somewhat. But let's talk about some achievements that happened this week. How about Noah Lyles setting the new U.S. record at the World Championships in the 200 meters? 19-3-1, beating Michael Johnson by a hundredth of a second, the 19-3-2, and getting the World Championship title. The world record there for the 200 is 19-19 by Usain Bolt. Noah Lyles thinks he's going to get that. And can we just lay it down now at how amazing Sidney McLaughlin is? 22 years old, just continues to break her own world records, did it again in the 400 hurdles at the World Championship, took it from, what, a 51.40 or something like that down to a 56.8. And if you watch the race at the end, I think she's got more in the tank. I think if she was getting pushed a little bit, if there was somebody else competing with her right there, you know, within, I don't know, 10 meters of her at the end of the race, five meters, she'd push that record even more. Because right now she's just competing against herself. This is like when you play in a video game and you play in like Mario Kart and your previous fastest lap is ghosting around the track. She's chasing her own ghost and she's beating her own ghost. She needs some competition to set up and we might see this record easily drop below 50 for the first time any woman ever. I mean, the men's record, what they do, a 47-something, 43-something, 44-something like that uh, in the 400 hurdles the other day, or just in the 400 meters, actually. So, no, Sydney McLaughlin, she's something special. This is her race. This is what she was built for. And, man, is she fun to watch. And then another achievement this week, you got to look at Pat McAfee as he continues to blow the roof off what sports commentators and WWE announcers can do. 
He's now signed on as a full-time performer. He's going to get to wrestle matches and fulfill his childhood dream through that aspect. But he now, as of this week, it has been announced, he will be getting his own action figure as well. So congratulations to Pat on that. Uh, I think that's pretty cool um, when you get to be recognized in that way. And face it, Pat did it just by having the love of what he was doing. Uh, Pat didn't come in going, I'm going to be a wrestler. I'm going to do this. Pat's Pat. And that's why it's authentic. And that's why so many people buy into it. Pat's real. That's what I... uh, I'm attempting and striving for with this show to just be real, to just be me, to just be authentic. Um, Pat has mastered that to the point of big money, big success, and living his best life. So that's pretty cool. And then I'm going to end the show today. I've got three reasons why I love sport this, sports this week. Number 147, 148, and 149. And these are all about players or former players giving back in some way. Micah Parsons with the heat, with uh, uh, um, inflation, with everything being tight for so many people. Micah Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys was out in the Dallas area passing out free pizzas to people. Uh, We see other Cowboys out passing out bottles of water and ice in the heat, so I love seeing that. Uh, J.J. Watt, there was a a fan on uh, Twitter uh, she had mentioned, hey, I'm, I'm selling my jersey, I'm selling my shoes, I'm trying to help pay for my grandparents' funeral. J.J. Watt caught wind of it and said, you know what, keep your jersey, keep your shoes, uh, we're going to help take care of that for you. So I don't know if he's paying for the entire funeral or if he's paying for part of the expenses, um, but that was awesome to see as well. And then the bigger news this week, Bo Jackson uh, paying for the funerals of the victims of the Uvalde massacre uh, terrorist attack that happened down there in Uvalde as 400 plus officers sat around twiddling their thumbs because they were scared of the kid with an AR-15. When you have the ability, when you are an athlete and you have a platform, when you have a podcast and you have a platform... Finding ways where you can give back, finding ways where you can help somebody's life is the best thing and the most rewarding thing that you can do. And when I see athletes do that because of how much slack they get because of the money they make to play kids' games, I love it. You give back to those fans. You give back to those communities. You ingratiate yourself to them. You become a part of those communities. And that's what these guys have done. That's what J.J. Watt continues to do. That's what Bo Jackson has always done. That's what Michael Parsons is showing he's going to be. So that's as real as it can get. And as far as today's show, that's all I got. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Until the next time, you know how we do. Just be real. <laughs>